we are. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jenner O'Brien Show. I am your host, Jennifer O'Brien. And with me today, we have the lovely, the beautiful, the talented Marlo Rutz. Welcome, Marlo. So glad to have you. Girl, coming on. never was it a question whether I was going to be on here with you. I love you and I am so I'm jumping out of my skin a little bit because I love my time with my Jen. Yes. No, listen, this has been a long time coming and um, I'm glad we could make it happen today. And um, gosh, I mean, where do I begin with, with you and with, with us? But we're going to just start with you. Um, for those that may be tuning in, to all my oh I, let me just I'm not trying to get you excited but um I'm seeing that we have I we, one person is watching right now so but now I just stumbling my words oh geez right right <laughs> but I would love to hear let's talk a little bit about you and what you do and and who you are so who is this Marlo Rutz and what are you all about tell us Oh my gosh. Well, hello, one viewer. So excited that you're here. This is awesome. Jen, honestly, so excited to be here. I, oh uh, gosh, I don't, you know, where do we begin on our journey? But, you know, again, as you introduced me, my name is Marlo Rutz and I uh, am passionate about what I do in life. I, right now, God's called me to be an empowerment coach and a comedian. So what I, what does that even mean? I love yeah. to help people shine a light on their stories. That's it. Yeah. Done. Mic drop. That's the way I explain it. <laughs> you know, it. yeah, I'm yeah. out. That's all. Because Jen, you and I, oh my gosh, the hours we spend talking oh, yeah. on the phone about our stories. Yeah. I'm oh, yeah. I'm a, a firm believer. I know it is true that we are mm -hmm. all rooted in our stories. So as yeah. a coach and speaker, I love to help people do two things. To, yeah. uh, to reshape, to re-see their paralyzing perspectives and their sabotaging experiences. And that's yeah. all rooted in our story. And yeah. so that's what I get to do. I get to help people take their story, look mm -hmm. at maybe how they were viewing it for so long, see how it might be sabotaging your life, mm -hmm. and learn how to rewrite it. And then with comedy, I love to shine a light on the relatability and the vulnerability in our life because, you know, nobody escapes this yeah. world without those two things. Absolutely. And you know, I have to admit as a comedian and the fact that you're a comedian friend, but also a life coach, it's like, I love our, our juicy talks. I mean, we just get to the nitty gritty. There's not a lot mm -hmm. of like, how's the weather? It's like, we go straight into like childhood trauma. It's beautiful. It's effortless. Yeah. And I love, mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it because it's a journey that I've been on for about seven years of healing and working on my story and you've been on this empowerment coaching journey and have so much wisdom. And, mm. um, I know one of the highlights, like as a comedian, I love your stuff. you you crack me up. I know you, you're, you're funny on stage. You make cute little funny videos that I love. I remember though, the turning point for me is seeing you at a conference when you did like a kind of a workshop, Mm -hmm. And you told this incredible story. Like I'm such a, <laughs> I had no idea you're, you're like describing this child or this little girl and all this trauma. And I'm like, whoa, who is this person? And then of course, 
twist, spoiler alert, at the end, it was you. And I was like, oh, like, I didn't even see it coming. Like, I was so like, mm -hmm. oh, that's your story, Marlo. Like, I mm -hmm. had no idea the way you told it. And it was just done so, so well. And you have such a gift at speaking, no doubt about it. Like, that is... You were, you, we, we were all just kind of eating out of your hands. So <laughs> like, when did you know, like, oh, I have this gift of, of, of speaking and of transforming a room with my story and empowering people. Like, when was that like light bulb switched on for you? Oh, oh my gosh. Well, first of all, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I love the way you just worded that question. When did you know? Mm -hmm. Because I think that's one thing I would love for your listeners and viewers to walk away with is that sometimes you know it, or sometimes it's a little, it's a little nudging, but then mm -hmm. you start the story game. Like, Oh, not me. Other people do that. Not me. I'm not good enough. Like I'll just look righteous. And so mm -hmm. I played that in my head over and over for many years, but you know, as far as doing what I'm doing now and finally able to step into my courage with that, that was 1 million trillion, no question, hands down, the love of Jesus and the grace of Jesus show, you know, we tell, we tell ourselves who we are, but when we look yeah. to Jesus, he, he shows us who we are. So I, I spent, you know, I, I spent time working in the television industry and women's health and pharmaceutical. And then I, you know, my husband and I met on match.com blended our families. And then I was beautifully a stay at home. I loved being home with our kids, had two babies Aww. back to back. And so I just felt this nudging and stirring in me that mm -hmm. God you know, I joke that I would like hide under the couch, you know, hide yeah. from God, like he'll never find me here because yeah. I felt him putting it on my heart that you need to encourage uh, all people. But I do tend to work a lot with women and make yeah. people laugh. And I was like, thank you very much. Not doing it. So yeah. I, I ignored him. I'm like, God, look, if you knew my life, okay, you know, today is set aside to alphabetize and organize my spice rack. So I have <laughs> no time. Don't you see how busy I am? So I, but he just kept, it wouldn't, he was relentless with it. And I mm -hmm. would meet with people and coach inadvertently, like, and then all of a sudden sitting in a coffee shop, a woman said to me, Marlo, you should consider doing this. It's like you were made for this. And that's when I waved the white flag of surrender and said, okay, God, I cried, yeah. called out from my metaphorical couch and said, just show me what you want me to do. Who do you want me to talk to? What mm -hmm. do you want me to say? And yeah. then guess what? I surrendered. And it was two years later where mm -hmm. God gave me what it is that he wanted me to do and say. And that came in the form of the story that I told you all, the story of Sleeping Beauty. Mm -hmm. Tell that yeah. if you'd like me to. I would love that. Yes, please, please. So, that's, so, so then, two that years was, after this surrender, you get the story of Sleeping Beauty. Please tell yeah. that. Yeah. So I was praying. I was going to church. I was listening to people. I was seeking, and I it just wasn't clear to me who I was supposed to talk to and what I was supposed to say. Mm -hmm. So one day, you know, you know how you pray something, and then the answer is not there immediately. Then all of a sudden, you're like, "There it is." Oh, yeah, it's there. Mm -hmm. The sky opens. But it's when you least expect it. Yes. The angels so descend. The message appears. Here yes. it is for you. <laughs> there I was. There you Sitting are. on our bedroom floor, folding my millionth load of laundry, y'all. You know how mm -hmm. that goes. 
Oh, I love folding laundry. Girl. <laughs> Which one of your real housewives likes folding laundry the most? Would Kathy, you say? Kathy loves laundry. She lives for laundry day. She gets she everything lined up. She goes to the neighbor's house to do their laundry when they're not around. <laughs> It's can a whole thing. We'll, send we'll get into it another time. I love your characters, you guys. I love this woman. I love your characters. I love it. So me, who just like Kathy would have been, hey, June. Hey, June. Um, you? You're one of my favorite people, too, June. I love you. June Bug. June Bug. Yes, we love June. She's great. Love her. So I'm folding my laundry. Got a washcloth in my hand, folding it, trying to match the socks. Don't even try. It doesn't happen. So um, our little girl, Kailani, came running in our room, did a backward somersault on our bed and popped up and said, Mommy, I want to write a book called Sleeping Beauty. And I was oh. like, oh, my gosh, like the copyright laws alone are going to just put her straight. <laughs> yeah. You're like, well, slow down. Slow down. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't want to break it to her, you know. So mm -hmm. gently I said, baby, have, I, have we read that story before? And she said, you know, Mommy, not the regular Sleeping Beauty. In my story, I want to write a gal who has all this beauty on the inside of her. But mm. in my story, the girl's beauty on the inside of her is asleep, not the girl on the outside. And I was like, huh? What? Like, what? And you know what? She's, she's 15 now. And I keep asking her about the book. And she said, I don't know. I just said, I don't, I never really, I never wrote it. I never really thought of it after that. So it was like a little God sprinkle. You know, I love my God sprinkles. I know you do. And that was it. Like I went to Starbucks the next day and I wrote um, a talk called wake up and mm -hmm. it's based on Ephesians five fourteen that says, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine his light on you. So yes. that's my diving board. That's it. That's where it all, that's where it all began because we're all Jen, you know, from us talking mm -hmm. about our stories, there's there's little nuggets of, of um, courage, mm -hmm. worthiness, yeah. whatever it is, it's in there, and it can and, and beauty and peace and passion and purpose that yeah. can be pulled to sleep because of the stories we tell ourselves, the beautiful versions of self, ourself that we walk down in that metaphorical basement yep. and lock them away, and their oh, time. Yeah for them to wake up and rise girl rise girl mm -mm. yeah i i um in my comedy set i have a whole joke about the hgtv shows that do all the renovations and my joke is every time they come in they start tearing down the walls right and every time they go in the walls they find something that they didn't expect to find that's wrong with the house and they end up having to go over budget because they got to fix like the electrical system from like 1972 that's about to, you know, explode. But, I, you know, the more I tell that joke, the more I realize, like, you know, as I'm really digging deep because I'm, I'm seeing a really good counselor these days and we're we're digging out the childhood trauma that's just exciting and fun. And no, actually, it's not. It, it's really kind of I'm like just ready to hurry up and get through some of this, to be quite honest with you. I'm like, really? I got to keep looking at it. But, you you know, you got to heal it. But I kind of feel like the joke that I say, my punchline is don't let them in the walls, you know, because every time you let those renovation people in the walls, they find something wrong and then they got to fix that thing that if had you not let them in the walls, they would have never known the electrical system was about to, you know, sh short fire or something, you know, and start a fire in the middle of the night, whatever. I don't even know the terms, but that's kind of how I feel. Like, 
wait, this is like my joke where I say, don't let him in the walls. But there's a, something about that with God. We don't want to let God in the walls of our heart because mm-hmm. we've learned to protect those wounded places yes. and bury them deep. Like you just said in the basement, keep it stuffed down, keep it in the closet, just leave it alone. But it's like, yeah, but when you start to get older, you start realizing, why can I get, why, why am I so triggered in this situation? What's wrong with me? And you start having these questions of why things aren't working out the way you had expected. And a lot of times you got to really let them in the walls or in the basement or wherever to pull that stuff out to say, okay, let's look at it. Let's talk about it. Let's heal from it versus just forget about it and move on. First of all, all comedians have that moment where they're like, why didn't I think of that? That is brilliant, Jen, because you're a brilliant writer and a brilliant comedian. That is so good. And what I love about everything that you do is that there is, there's a message in most of your comedy, you know, you're doing, and that's why I love, we love, I love our conversations together because it's like, we're both coaches. Like I, even though I don't, you know, maybe you don't carry that title, girl, you have walked Mm -hmm. it. You, you've, you've, figured it out, you know, you're working through it in therapy and it's so powerful what you can learn, but exactly what you're saying is the truth. We bury the goodness and we don't want, let. we don't, there's a song by Pat Benatar that's called Don't Let It Show. And uh-huh. hey, Gordon, hey, Gordon, we love you. We love you. Thank you. And then don't yeah. let him in the walls. Powerful sis. Thank you. June Colson yeah. and Gordon Douglas, all great, funny comedians. Check them both out for sure. For yeah. sure. For sure. Have to have all of them on as well. Yes, they are awesome. I've had mm-hmm. them. Yep, I, I I love them both. We'll talk more about them. Uh, I was just going to say I had them on my show, and I didn't want to go. I didn't want to talk about the, the show, but I've had them We're both. On. Gordon was on twice, and they're incredible. But Jen, such power in what you're saying. Like, and and that's the thing. Don't let it show. That song by Pat Benatar. That that's where the anxiety comes from. You know, people mm-hmm. say. You know, I, one of my, t- in my talks, the first thing I ask the audience is, how are you? And then later I'm like, you know, I really, I, I ask it in a different way. No, no, really, you know, this time is for you. I want to know, a- answer for yourself in your own mind right now. How are you really? Cause I used to, I used to put on a show girl. Now, you know, I love my, my weaves and my lashes and I love all that stuff, but I used to do it to hide. Now yeah. I just do it as an accessory, but I used to put on this show to the world that I was absolutely fine. And I yeah. know now looking back, that's yeah. why God called me to do what I do because I've walked in the muck and mm-hmm. I remember, you know, just fine. I'm fine. I was raised to be a, you know, a, with a single mom, I was raised to do it myself and yeah. I was fine. We took the family pictures. I looked fine. I was sure. fine. Sure. And um, until I was driving down the highway one day, and I thought I was having a heart attack. My lip was sweating. I was shaking. My heart was pounding, racing. And I pulled over. Like and elementary I, school for me. No, that? just go ahead. Sounds like <laughs> elementary school every day. <laughs> just internalize that fear. Push it down deep. Go ahead. No, go that's ahead. Where the roots are. That's where they probably started, right? Sure. And I was like, I'm going to die on the highway with my son. I, I thought I was having a heart attack. I'm like, what's like, there was, you know. That was, was your like, first panic attack. You know what? I'm trying to think. I, I'm, I, I don't, I, I think something, ha- now as I started to put it together, I realized that's what they were. But okay. you and I have talked a lot about this, that it comes from nowhere. Panic attacks come from out of the blue. You know, there's that anxiety where before you get on stage, you're anxious or something makes you anxious or 
trying to find those matching socks makes you anxious. You know, I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, so I pulled over and I'm sitting on a stoop in a CVS parking lot. And my son was like, mommy, are you okay? And I'm literally shaking. And I, what did I say? Baby, I'm fine. And so a friend came and got him and took me to the hospital. And I've had a few other episodes like that, had had other episodes like that. And what I found is I met this person, I, this thing I'd been carrying around with me called anxiety. I didn't know because I, know. I was trying, all that to your point, I was walking around. I, in my internal, in my core, I felt like I needed to do more, be more, be more, be, you know, make it look just right. Sure. And bury it. Don't let it. Don't let it show because that's considered weak. Yes. You know? And yes. that that's that's a lie of the enemy. That is not okay. true. Thank and if anybody's you. watching or listening and you don't feel so fine, you find that a vine to to grab onto for support because you are not alone. It that's doesn't right. matter what people look like in the world. It's we right. are all connected with that relatability of. The, the world teaches strength is is you're powerful, you're bulldozing, you're getting through, nothing stops you, I'm taking on the world. And weakness is vulnerability, which is actually completely a lie and it's completely opposite. When you can be vulnerable and admit weakness and admit, hey, I'm not okay. I mean, there's real power in that because that's meaning, hey, it's time to, there's a problem, one. And two, if, if we're admitting there's a problem, we could admit that there's a solution to the problem, you know? So it's, it's people that just don't they want to live in denial. And it sounds like you and I are really good at that, especially when you have, when you're not in a childhood situation where you're able to really express or really deal with stuff, you push it, you push it down. But eventually that, that pot's going to boil over. And it sounds like it did with you on a few occasions. Oh, yeah. And you and I have talked a lot about anxiety because I, I know I've had an anxiety disorder most of my adult life. Um, you know, so that's like, it's like a low grade fever. You just walk around. I'm just anxious. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know how to feel calm. Feeling calm makes me anxious. So I'll just say anxious already. Thank you very much. But then you get these things, you know, the panic attacks are like, oh, I hated just panic attacks were the worst, especially the first ones. First one's always typically in people that I know up in the emergency room because you're freaking out. You're like, what's happening to me? Although my first panic attack, I was on drugs. So <laughs> didn't want to go to the emergency room. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I love your story. I, there's such power, <laughs> there's such power in our stories. I, yeah. I that, but yeah, like you and I have talked about that. That's what I learned over time. Obviously you and I have both talked about the fact that if you're feeling stuff, physically you get checked out. Like I've been in, you know, I've gone, I go in and I, I know what it feels like now and I know what to do and I know that they subside. Yeah. But that the difference between anxiety and a panic attack is anxiety is just kind of something that you, it's kind of with you, but a panic attack, mm -hmm. heart racing, like you feel like you're having a heart attack. It comes from, it's seemingly out of nowhere. Oh, it's the worst. And yeah. then you're all in your head. It takes, yeah. it took, it would take me weeks to recover from a really good panic attack. Weeks. I had, and then I had scriptures and I'd push it yeah. and it was fine. And I coped, but I wasn't ready. I'll be honest. I wasn't ready to deal with my stuff until that midlife crisis. It was like, we're going to really dig and get this stuff out. I just kept pushing it. I, I managed, I managed my pain for a long time. I just did. And um, now, 
Jesus is like knocking on the door. It's like, I'm ready to heal it when you are. And it's like, okay, let's do the work because it, it's work. Okay. Gordon says, just read, are you really okay? By Deborah Falada or Falidi uh, was featured book on focus on the family. Let's get real. Good job, girls. So, hey, maybe a book we need to actually check out. Sounds like it's along the lines. Fifi says anxiety is a silent storm. Yes, yeah. girl. Yes. And, yes. And, and it's one I learned to hide very well. I learned to hide and the humor was a good way to just kind of keep it stuffed down deep. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I started doing comedy. People are like, how long have you been doing comedy? I'm like, I would give like the number of years I was doing, but I'm, I'm like, I, actually I started doing it my, all my whole life. I, I started doing it in my mom's living room. And I, I remember my grandpa felt, you know, he was just the, my angel and I knew he just was sad. And when mm -hmm. I could put on a, a impromptu comedy show and my yeah. goal was to get him to pull his hanky out of his back pocket and cry, you know, because he's laughing so hard. Uh. I realized then that comedy was medicinal and how mm -hmm. much people hurt and they ache and he wouldn't let it show. He just wouldn't. It just, he just wouldn't. So there's power. There is power in laughter. And um, man, it's just an honor to do what we do. You know, Jen, I always say this, this quote goes with me everywhere that um, problems are always part of our story. Mm -hmm. But when our stories become a pro our problem, that's a problem. The stories that we're telling ourselves, Ooh. they become, they become our problem. You know, we tell ourselves so many, there's always going to be adversity and, and, um, uh, circumstances that we can't control. And sometimes we yeah. tell ourselves the story over and over again that of mm -hmm. those stories of how it made me, us feel, how we decided not to do the thing because we weren't good enough. So when mm -hmm. we tell that story over and over again, that becomes a problem. That becomes our problem, which yes. keeps us from our desires, our peace, our goals. Sure. And when we can rewrite those stories, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's Renee Brown says, when you when you can grab a hold of your story and tell the truth and honor it, you can write a brave new ending. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Phoebe says, anxiety caused me to lose 35 pounds in six months in college. Couldn't eat for days. Listen, I we could talk about that. Been there, done that. Um, it was almost like I would love to eat right now, but I'm, I'm in such turmoil. Yeah. Man, I that could be. We could have a whole nother show mm -hmm. just on how could how all my you know I have stomach issues since my mid twenties. Single mm -hmm. mom, why wouldn't I have stomach issues? Here I am, a stressed out single mom at twenty one. <laughs> stomach issues are coming. Yeah, so I get it. Um, Much wisdom, Phoebe. I love that. I love yeah, that. It does wreck you, and it it's true. And yeah. I think what happens is, I think what happens if I'll speak for me as I get older. There's that part of me now as a 46-year-old woman. I know I look 22. Thank you. Um, as a no, you're not. No, you're not. You are not 46. Ham, ham. Now um, she's lying to me. Now she has me on her show and she's just deciding to lie like out of the blue. Yeah. Oh my God, stop. But you know, now <laughs> it's like I have a responsibility because I'm 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 really, like I said, I'm really working on a lot of PTSD childhood stuff lately. And I it's not fun, but it's like, I owe it to that little seven-year-old girl inside of me, eight-year-old, nine. I owe it to her to go back and do the work, to go yeah. back and say, okay, what was going on? Why was I so afraid? Or what was, what was going on that I couldn't really even express it or deal with it? And you just making these agreements 
yeah. that, you know, maybe this is just how it is. This is how you survive it. But, you know, like I said, if you could manage and you make those agreements, you could only go for so long. At some point, I think God graciously gives us that roadblock that says, okay, it's time to, it's time to break these agreements. It's time to look at this and, and see the folly in it and see you don't have to operate from this system anymore. I'm going to give you a whole new operating system, mm -hmm. one that's healthy, one that's, you know, doesn't keep you captive in this, this, this place of feeling like you can't overcome. Yeah. So yeah, talk about that uh, a little bit about how that's been for you. Well, as I'm listening to you, what's coming to mind, first of all, again, I, I, I can't spend enough time with you on the phone. We, I, I love the relatability that we have and the power in our stories and just that vulnerability of hearing from one another. Uh, but what you're, what you're talking about too is, um, you know, there's this concept that, and I love that you said your age, girl, I don't believe you now knock it off with the lies. But, you know, we do grow chronologically <laughs> every year. Every year right. that number turns over and but we don't, but, but we, we don't realize is that number is it's chronological. It's set in stone, but mm -hmm. what is not set in stone is our emotional age, but it's there. And people don't even know about that. There is a thing called your emotional age. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's, there's quizzes and ways that you can sort out what your emotional age is. And in these <laughs> quizzes, you can, you know, you can, determined by the way that you show up in the world, so to speak, like how you yeah. handle situations, what your emotional age is. And what that really boils down to is what you're saying, either that seven-year-old mm -hmm. version of ourselves or whatever version it is of ourselves that we've tucked away in that basement. You know what happens? That mm -hmm. version ends up, quote unquote, driving our bus in life. So yeah. if you're fighting like crazy with your 16-year-old daughter and you're matching her behavior, there's a piece mm -hmm. of you that hasn't mm -hmm. been healed from that 16 year, year old version of you that's making you show up in a 16 year old version way rather than an wow. version of you that's just mm -hmm. waiting that to maybe be discovered it might be right below the surface. Yeah. So I, I, I'm very passionate about that about, and you know what, there are, there's also truth that those versions of us, there's yeah. no, there should be no shame ever. Even if we are showing up like a seven year old when we want to throw a tantrum, yeah. Those versions serve us and they have served us well. Those wow. versions uh, create um, fear sometimes that have protected us. But mm -hmm. it's also it's also time to look at those and 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 we want we want change. You want to change the trajectory of what those uh, versions are guiding you in in your life, then yeah. it, it is it what's the beautiful hope, Jen, is that it is it is beyond possible to yeah. rewrite those stories in the way that they originally took form, mm -hmm. rewrite them so they can send you on an upward trajectory in, in the, in the uh, situations that you want to make change in, in your life. I love that. Well, look, Michelle Van Dusen says, I'm a hundred years old. So she's like, a, she, are you like a vampire or something? And like you, no. something happened at the hundred year mark. And like, I, I don't, I, that was a weird question. It, uh, it, that was really funny. Like, she's like the 100 year old wise person sitting on the mountain that has advice. That's Michelle, her That's, soul maybe, but uh, girl, you are not, she looks, no. Well, unless she was like Noah's time that, and then I could be like, people could have been stunted. Like if we, you know, I have that whole joke about Noah's, you know, the timeline back then, how everything was so different. Maybe yeah. had, yeah, I don't know. Something's there, Michelle. We'll work on it. But she's a hundred, so I guess she's got it all figured out. So let's just uh, <laughs> let's go to Michelle for for all of our answers. Mm. Um, 
Well, no, I, I, I feel like nothing, you know, that little four-year-old in me loves to come out when, uh, when I'm with my husband sometimes mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, here comes the like, I get all whiny with him. Like, and it's just him. God bless him. It's nobody else. He's like, know. oh, lovely. Uh -huh. <laughs> He's my whining wife. And I do, I don't know if it's, I feel safe with them and I'm like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I I'm get sure it. he would like for that four-year-old to get some healing. I think. That's not helping. That's not helping the marriage bed. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, what do we have here? We got, uh, love that comedians are so introspective. It's my tribe. I belong here. Yes, you do. Yes, you Girl, do. Yes. Yeah, you know, what comedian, I just went and saw um, John Mulaney live on Friday and he really gets, you know, real honest and vulnerable about his journey and his, he was in, you know, uh, rehab yeah. in the last, last year, beginning of this year. And just, just to, just to hear, you know, a comedian, I just don't know any comedians that don't have some real stuff they got to work through, you know, and some real darkness. And I, I don't know if it's the sensitivity that we have that we just feel on a whole nother level, yeah. or we just have so much unhealed stuff. We become ultra sensitive and feel on so many levels. I, where it comes from, I don't know. Yeah, I don't it, know. It, it is that it, that is the fuel behind a lot of comedy. There is no doubt there. It is medicinal for the audience, you know, to laugh, but it is also for the comedian. And you and I both know it's really important to work out the stuff before you get on stage because you know uh, it's hard. It's hard to <laughs> feel the feels, but that's why I love listening to such you know re relatable comedians because it just yeah. it, that's the connection. Oh, I was loving his stuff. I was like, yes. you know, talk about it. Let's talk about the yeah. let's talk yeah. about the dark side of things. Yeah. I mean, it's real. You know, it's life. We're yeah. all going through it. I think comedians just get out there and like, yeah. and 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 we can. I notice, you know, when I'm really in the trenches of of dealing with a lot of the stuff that I've been pulling out, I'll just walk around. Sometimes I I remember one day I was so I had just finished a really heavy session with a therapist the day before, and she was having me do some stuff. And I wasn't doing well. I can be honest. Like I wasn't in a good headspace. And I noticed that whole day I kept going in and out of characters, like really funny things. Uh -huh. I and I'm like, there's my, there's that thing that kept me surviving all these years. That's yeah. my character. Like I, yeah. I found a, a, a little hiding place, so to speak in my character's growing up. I think it was that yes. yeah, life's painful and it's hard, but I can still have fun and laugh. And, and it, it was almost like, it's almost like this for like this really amazing place that we can kind of almost escape to as comedians and be in the most hard, challenging situation. And yet somehow we just, and I'm talking some, like my mom's funeral, I was cracking the jokes. I mean, here's my mom dead in a casket and boom, the jokes are just flying. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate that, but it was like, this is how I cope. I'm going to make some jokes at my mom's funeral. I'm sorry. And is, we were chuckling, my sister and yeah. I, we were having a, a good time. And so. then sometimes it hits later. And the show that you just talked about that you were at, he was probably coming at it from a healed place. You know, that those are exactly yeah. what you're saying. Those are the comedians I love to listen to because they're talking about the real stuff, but they're on mm -hmm. the other side of it. So it's almost like you feel this uh, inadvertent sense of hope through it. And with you, Jen, it's like, 
absolutely. I, I that happens so often at funerals yeah. people are because they're just it's a coping mechanism there's a, there's that piece of you that version of you that just can't process the trauma of it in that moment it, it comes yeah. out at some point you know uh but yeah. in that moment it's too it's just too hard mm-hmm. yeah i and michelle van dusen says i think comedians are the voices of the public some hide some show some help you walk through so that's great michelle my sister says party cams on the table and yes that's the big joke we had going they had these disposable party cameras on the table so we were like oh party cameras you know and we were like (laughs) put the sombrero back on mom and like we just had jokes flowing because that's what you do when you're in pain and Mm -hmm. Let's see. Fifi mm-hmm. says, I did that too. And in, in my 20s, I really didn't know my own personality because I had so many versions of me I created through coping. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we are all just works in progress. My mom made me promise to tell jokes at our funeral. So I did. It was weird, but healing. Ah, mm-hmm. Deanna, that's awesome. Um, and yeah, to that I, point too, the person, the person that you've lost, they, you know, that, what a, what a joy too, though. I mean, Jen, you know, there is actually no no shame in that as, yeah. as well, laughing and having yeah. fun because you're also celebrating a life. You internally, you know, you're. I'm sure you had to you deal with what you were feeling later. Yeah. You know, I always oh, yeah. say the things that <laughs> the, the things that are repressed will eventually be expressed. You know, I always yeah. say it's like a can of Pillsbury dough. It's oh, it's gonna oh, it's gonna pop out somewhere. You know, but oh, it's coming. But, yeah. you know, the celebrate and the laugh, you know, there, th- there's that element that you might have carried with you after that of, sh- of shame in that. And I hope not. But I'll tell you, shame is, man, it's the lowest place. It's the lowest rung of emotions, shame. And we can, we can beat ourselves up with that. And there is no shame in that laughing, having a joyful time at your mom's celebration. Oh yeah. And I was laughing hysterically at my husband's father's funeral, but that's a story for another time. Uh, Comedians and babies are here to help relieve the tension. Yes. Put a baby in the room. And puppies and a puppy. Yes. And does that go for fur babies too, Michelle? Because I've got a fur baby these days because I got a kitty cat now. I heard about the story about the cat. Who was that? Your cat, Charlie. Oh, he's, he's up and he's, listen, listen, you have a dog like I've had for five years and then you get a kitty cat that's like pretty cool if you're there or not there. It's like, it's, I, I, listen, I, I, I have a fur baby now. I, I didn't know this was possible. I made fun of people that called their animals fur babies. I got one. I can't help it. I got a fur baby. I love it. I'm going to get the bump of stickers. She says, yes. And puppies. Sorry. No cats. Oh. Oh, how about kitties though? How about kittens? I think kittens. Yes. Although they're adorable, you know, when they like you, let you snuggle yeah. and then they don't because they're attacking you. This has been like, I, I, we, I could be on here all day talking about trauma, anxiety, shame. Oh, uh, Deanna says, love it. Okay. So I think she's down with it. And then Robin says, no cats. So apparently my sister doesn't like cats either. So I don't know what's up with these two. They, they <laughs> haven't had my cat. They haven't experienced my fur baby. Um, so uh, let's see here. Felicia says, Fifi says, cats are always PMSing. I love them. 
We're just a full of sass, those cats. Oh, they can be. Pictures of kittens are allowed. Okay, okay, I get it. They do. Well, he's a boy cat, so. But yeah, he's uh, Love it. he's precious until he's attacking. But um, <laughs> so listen, I want to. I, 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 you know, I, we could talk on this all day, but I want to. I want to give people a little glimpse into this cubby hole and what it's how it's evolved. Please enlighten us. It, it's such a light. Uh, going out into the world. And I, I'd love for people to hear a little more about it so they, they can go check it out. So please talk a little bit about your your journey uh, with the cubbyhole. Speaking of the story where somebody, you, you didn't even know what to call it. I want that story and then just everything else around it. Go. Well, you know, truly, 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 I, 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 you know, I, I am writing my book called God Sprinkles, and I am so excited about that for so many reasons. But mm. one of them is I try, you know, I tell these stories, all these beautiful, they're, they're literally sprinkle, like they, not literally sprinkles because I've eaten them, you know, but like they're God <laughs> sprinkles, and yeah. I, I tell them over and over again. But I'm like, ah, that's one of the joys of this book is to be able I, I, to tell the stories. This place that I'm sitting is in my basement and it's called the cubby hole and it's a whole uh, two chapters of, of my book. But this space, it's called the cubby hole. Um, mm -hmm. It was just something that God put, not just, it's God put it on my heart to build the uh -huh. space in the basement to be a ripple effect of his light out into the world. The mm -hmm. sign back here says the cubby hole. It's a place mm -hmm. for laughter, light and love. Yeah. And um and so, but I, 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 okay. So I was like, okay, God, I, I'll do it. And my husband was on board and we had a show. Then we, we said we were going to do it. We were doing it. And then Leland Clausen, our friend, comedian, you know, wrote and said he would love to be the first comedian. So we had a mm -hmm. show and we were doing it. And wow. so I was cleaning the, the floor and I was like, okay, God, I have everything, but what am I supposed to call this place? Mm -hmm. All kinds of suggestions came in. I love Michelle. Sprinkles are for winners and those that love God, that God loves. I uh, love yeah. That's so true, Michelle. But God put it on my heart. It needs to be called the cubby hole. Now, do you remember growing up under the basement stairs? There was that little crawl space. Mm -hmm. Where Harry Potter used to live? That people say that. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen it. I've never seen it. Oh, okay. Or the Scooby-Doo mansion people say down here. But anyway, yeah. when I was little growing up with going mm -hmm. through the stuff I was going through, you know, just things. And, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of my stories are rooted in that. But mm -hmm. there was the space that my grandparents had. It was called the cubby hole. And when mm -hmm. I wasn't feeling so great, you know, I'd go mm -hmm. in there with friends or cousins or just, you know, we would just laugh. And I felt so much better when I walked out of there. And my grandma would express her love with canned cherries, which are over there. And I would feel yeah. so much love with that. So that's what this place is about. I always felt better when I left the cubby hole than when I went in. And that's my heart that this space is supposed to do is to, we, so we do live, we do live comedy shows. We have not as many right now. And sure. then he also during the pandemic put it on my heart to uh, start a show called yep. Cats at the cubby hole. They're on every Friday. Yes, yes. And that I have one guest every week. And the idea is for them to shine a light on their story. Yeah. And put that light out into the world. And mm -hmm. the show started here in the basement and it has been viewed by people literally in different parts of the world. So it's awesome. God, God no. I would have like I would have never as a kid said, Oh, I'm gonna have a show from my basement. I didn't Sure. I didn't that. So Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks, Deanna. I, I, that, that show is a joy. He this whole month of September, we've been honoring um, sobriety. So mm -hmm. every show has been about 
sobriety. Oh, this is, that's great. That's great. I, um, mm-hmm. I need to know that. That's good to know that because, um, yeah, there's a lot of people, especially that have uh, addictions or, or, you know, that, that could use that hope right now because it's been mm-hmm. a, a tough couple years. And yeah. um, let's see, Fifi says, I live in Florida, no basements. We live at sea level. I'm jealous of everyone with a basement. <laughs> and I am right. jealous of you living in Florida at sea there level. Is. There that. it is. There yeah. It is. Fifi, I like this Fifi lady. I like all these. Oh, you've got to have Fifi on. You've got to connect with her. She's amazing. Very funny lady. I would love to. I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's usually go live at 1030, is it? Every Friday you do chat or? Yeah. It used to be on Facebook as well, but I like to stream. I've been wanting to streamline everything. So on YouTube, everything was stored there. All the views of the shows are on Facebook. But now people are starting to watch live on YouTube. So what you can do is go to YouTube and go to my channel, Marlo Rutz, subscribe, click the notification bell, boop, boop, the little Mm -hmm. bell, and it will notify you when new content becomes available because I I do coaching content coffee chats. I put comedy on there and girl, when this book is done, which should be right around October 22nd, um, right around there, then the floodgates are going to open for everything else. God's putting on my heart, but he's saying not right now. Yeah. Not right now, but later. And so just flooding it with more content and uh, all kinds of so I cannot wait for this book and that's exciting and I know that you're going to help a lot of people um so and and let, we'll wrap it up with one more question what are the challenges that you find be, if there are any but being a not only a comedian but also a speaker and a life coach is do you find that there's this um this challenge trying to to kind of wear both of those hats or do you find that they naturally kind of merge together or how does that, how does that play out for you? That's a great question because for so many years it was a total confusion. Like, like mm-hmm. I said, when I was hiding under the couch, like God, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what he meant. And it was also mm-hmm. disjointed. Thank you, Michelle. Oh, I love you, girl. Um, it was disjointed. Like, what is this? That I, are you? Sh-? I'm like, did he say that right? comedian and coach what it's all no it is effortless for me now jen because it's it's there's one word well besides jesus he's 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 my agent he's my manager he's my writer but the one word yeah stories it's our story they Mm -hmm. they, i tell stories about our stories in my comedy i tell stories about our stories in my speaking and i listen to people's stories and put it out in the world with coffee chats. And I listen and help propel or guide in individual coaching. So it's, it's stories. So it's all sealed wow. together with that one word. And of course the anchor and all that is, is my faith. Yes. That's wonderful. And I, you know, and, and just even our talks and, and seeing you do some of these um, events, effortless does seem like the word for you, you know? And I think when we, when we can kind of surrender to what God's given all of us, we all have those giftings. I always think that there's a genius within all of us. It's we're image bearers of God. There's things that we're just gifted in. We don't have to even work too hard. It's so effortless. And I, and I definitely see that um, being yeah. you and, and what you're doing. And it, it just seems like there's a resting that comes when I, when I kind of see you doing your thing. There's a, you're coming from a place of rest and, 
And I think there's a lot of fruit that can that God's going to continue to to allow to come through all that. Um, like I, just in our conversations, I've been blessed, and I know there's a lot of people that um, say the same thing that have come on coffee chat or just been your friend because yeah. you, you just have that that way of just it, 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 it can't you can't contain it like no. just who you are wherever you go. Yeah. Can I speak to that for just a second? What you just sure. said is so powerful. And I just want to, to leave everybody with this. First of all, thank you so much for what you said about effortless. You have no idea what that word means to me. And I am honestly feeling that now. Mm -hmm. But the reason I wanted to mention that is I didn't feel that for so, so long. Mm -hmm. I remember standing at my kitchen sink, scrubbing spaghetti out of a pan. Mm -hmm. And my husband, and I was watching Ellen on the little TV in our kitchen. And my husband walked over and he said, baby, what's wrong? And I'm like, I am fine. <laughs> like, leave me alone. Like, what's, you know, there's nothing wrong. <laughs> Why are you asking me that? Yeah. And it was like, my soul was on fire because I knew within my soul, I was meant to do what, like what Ellen was doing, for example, to make people mm -hmm. laugh and to comfort them and to love them. Right. And what I, that's what I want to leave with people is if you're not feeling that right now, man, oh man, was I uneasy. Ask my husband, right? Yeah. Like just so uneasy, so uncomfortable, so angry. Like why am I, why? And I felt like a uh, Veruca from, from Willy Wonka. Like I wanted it and I wanted it now. Yeah. And I learned to rest. I oh, trust me, not immediately. Trust me years. It took me to learn. And I'm hoping that this talk will help somebody close the gap between that adversity and peace where it feels so far from one another to just close sure. it. And when you feel that adversity, you can rest in Jesus that he has you. And if sure. you're walking something right now, don't rob yourself from your own testimony. You're walking it right now. I kept yeah. interrupt. I, I have a tendency to interrupt, but the person <laughs> I interrupted the most was God. He was, I was trying to interrupt the testimony that mm -hmm. he had me walking. And yeah. Jen, I wouldn't feel effortless. First of all, if I couldn't rest in Jesus and what I do, and also if I couldn't rest in the knowing that came from those valuable steps in the wilderness, there's there's no mm -hmm. way it would, it would mm -hmm. not be effortless, as effortless as it is now. Oh, I love that. And John Peter says, comedy in our testimony, the one-two punch God has given us. Mm -hmm. um, Michelle says, yes, such an, uh, such an anointing upon Marlo when she teaches coaches, uh, well, everything. And then uh, Fifi says, so true. God bless your journey and your story. So, yeah, it, it, and that's I love that you shared that, that you 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 didn't just come to this place of resting and effortlessness. You almost had to kind of wrestle it out and get to a place of surrendered. And mm -hmm. I know that, you know, I go in and out of that place a lot of times, to be quite honest, where I feel completely like, oh, God's got me. I know I'm right where I need to be. And then growth spurt, you know, something is, you know, so I'm still, you know, working towards finding that, that place, but it's, I, I know when I'm in that place of resting and in that place of just abiding in him, that that's where the fruit comes. That's where right. Jesus can start getting to work when we just kind of say, all right, I'm just going to show up, do, do my thing, do what I do. And I think that's where it kind of goes back to there's, that's a genius within a lot of us. That's a beautiful. Okay. I did think I smelled fire. I was not going to lie. And I just heard like the sound of almost like a fire engine. And I was sitting here looking at stuff. I'm like, hold on just a minute. I do want to okay. look out my window. While Jen is gone, we're just going to make sure 
the fire isn't alive there in the That's house. So Girl. Weird. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. It's so weird. Like I was sitting here smelling like something and I was like, is it electrical? But then hey. I just heard like a fire engine truck. Maybe thing. you should check the other truck. We'll wait. Girl, if it means your house is okay. it a we are just gonna talk. We're gonna talk more about Jen. You know what? She's going to check the fire, but that is because this girl is on fire with all she is. I had to steal that one. I had to say it, but she is. She is on fire with all she is doing. And okay, I don't see it. And girl, oh, you just hold on. I am talking about now. And another thing. Her real housewives of the Jen, go check the upstairs. I'm not <laughs> Oh, I don't have housewives of the quarantine. Excuse me, brilliant. Have you met these women? Jazz, Sabrina, Kathy. I love them. They are all the introversion, introversions of all of us. Yeah. Watch her video because Aww. her videos because they do. I love those ladies. I love them. I tell you all the time because they depict all the versions of us. Oh, I thank you. Thanks for plugging my housewives. I, those ladies. Oh, let's see. Hold on, real quick. Uh, my husband is a fireman. What can I do to help? I don't know. I, I don't see the fire truck tell anymore. Drive faster. Tell him to drive faster. Get to Atlanta. All the way from Kentucky to down to Georgia. Uh, we need that show back. Listen, I I'm in the works with doing some sort of um, live virtual housewives. I I'm learning a lot behind the scenes trying to figure out this virtual world that's not going away, guys. So ladies, I know Michelle and June have now a video slash podcast. Yes. Steepy's starting one up at the end of December. I think she's going to be going. So uh, good for us that are, we, we this has got to be part of what we do now. In addition to God willing, those live shows coming back and that we can still stay out there doing some live stuff. But this virtual world is here and it's not going anywhere. It's going to stay guys. So let's, let's tap into it. And I, yes, I'm going to, I'm working to bring those housewives back. Um, you could have Marlo play a therapist for the housewives. Yes. Do some life coaching, which, which housewife. Cause I think most all of them need maybe different, different weeks. We can have Marlo coming in and just coaching them through their stuff. So. My glasses are ready for you to tell me. Oh, where do gosh. you think you went from like comedian to life coach with those glasses? It's amazing. Happy, where do you feel you are stuck? Jazz, tell me, tell me, where is it rooted? <laughs> Sabrina, <laughs> Sabrina, I know you're not quite famous on TikTok. Yeah, got like 14 followers now. Yeah, she's pretty. Yeah, I, I have a whole thing I'm, I'm working on writing. I just got to stick with it. You know, isn't it funny? Like it goes back to that placing a place of rest. And, and when you're a creative, it's the ideas. And sometimes you're just you've got to just keep. Keep, you yep. know, hang in there when it's when it's not quite coming to fruition. So there's some things, hopefully, God willing soon y'all pray for that to happen for me because I, I feel like i need some prayers because i've been wanting to get it back going and i just haven't you know, quite found that footing yet that's what i talk about with paralyzing perspectives is sometimes we're so like close in you know we're so close to our life we can't see it but i me all your friend i i can see it from the outside looking in i mean you have your dry bar you're brilliant everything you do i'm a fan of mm. i love the, those characters are my favorite. I just, they're just so organically you 
Yeah. Love it. And I can't wait to see everything that you put out. All, all of it. All of it together. You. Yeah, you you are, you know, you got it. We I love our conversations and just it's just processing and figuring out what we're doing and talking through it together. But wouldn't you say that's why it's so beautiful that we not only have Jesus, but to have the, the tribe that you can lean on. Oh, you know? absolutely. And and I yeah. And I, I, I know I am who I am today because of the tribe and speaking of tribe, hold on. We got Gordon coming in here. Reminds me of an old joke. Why are fire trucks red? Well, they have eight wheels and four people on them. Four plus eight makes 12. And there's 12 inches and a foot, which is a ruler. Queen Elizabeth was a ruler and a ship. The ship sailed the seas and there were fish with fins and the fins fought the Russians. The Russians are red. Fire trucks are always Russian around. <laughs> okay. Woo! My second it started sounding like a story problem i was like i'm out i, I went with it i went with it and i and i had to say in that moment and i didn't know where i was going but it, it did pay off so fire are always rushing around that was a long <laughs> way to the well and well worth it very funny thank you gordon douglas <laughs> hey, Neds are due. Gotta oh, run. <laughs> uh, John Peter says a shaggy dog joke. All oh, right. So, I love all these people. Love them. I know them all, and I love them except Fifi. I want to meet Fifi. Got to meet Fifi. Yeah, Fifi. you got to get her on. This has been so much fun, and we're gonna close it out. Thank you all for tuning in. Please make sure you to check out Marlo Rutz uh, for the Cubby chats and go to her page. Uh, she's on YouTube. She's on Facebook. She's got a website. Uh, go check her out, support her. And listen, hey, you're going to learn something great. Not only will she make you laugh, she's going to drop a, a golden nugget of wisdom into your soul. And you're going to just be a little lighter and a little more freer after spending some time with Marlo. I hope you feel that today. I know I do. And we're going to close out with one more comment. Great job today. So glad I caught y'all. Uh, thank you, Deanna. Uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll see y'all next time. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. -bye.